for both bondage as well as liberation. When the mind gets attached to the three gunas, then it is the cause of your bondage. And when this mind is attached or attracted, Ratam is for attraction towards Lord, towards God. When this mind gets attached to Lord, then this becomes the cause of your liberation. Everywhere we find this point highlighted. Yoga Sutra also, Patanjali says, what is the goal of yoga? What is yoga? Yoga chitta vritti nirodha. How to control the mind so that it doesn't take any modification? That is the yoga. And how to do that? After some more uh, verses, it comes, abhyasa vairagya abhyam tan nirodha, that nirodha or restraining the mind from taking any modification is possible by these two practices. One is practice, 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 and another is vairagya, detachment. Remain detached, unattached. So we find, and there is no end to this kind of quotation, we can go on quoting from different books, and we can uh, highlight this point, that this ideal of vairagya, or ideal of detachment, is very, very high in the agenda for a spiritual aspirant, not only in this tradition of Vedanta, all those religions that were initiated in the land of India specifically, most of the Eastern religions, they lay great emphasis on this one ideal, the detachment. So you may ask the question, what about the other religions that didn't start in India? What about the Semitic religions? Do they also lay that emphasis on detachment, or it is something very special to the religions that began in India? We find these religions, Jewish religion, Christianity, Islam, to find out this detachment or unattachment as a very specific ideal in the path of spiritual progress, it's not so easy, not very common a topic there. But if you read between the lines, then you'll find that, yes, there is that ideal hiding in a different name. There the detachment has taken a different form, and the new form has been called justice. Justice is a very high agenda or very important ideal in those religions. A Christian is supposed to be just in all conditions to all people, always. He cannot forget for a moment that he has to face the day of judgment when he will be judged according to his deeds, how he treated everyone. 
in the past. Now the question is, can a person remain just under all circumstances to everyone without practicing detachment? Will not his decisions, his treatments, his actions be influenced very much if a person is very attached to people, place, things of this world? Surely it will. A man cannot remain totally neutral and unbiased if the man is attached to people, attached to places, attached to things in this world. But the ideal, the high ideal is that you remain perfectly, completely, absolutely just under all circumstances. This is a very high Christian ideal, that you live in this world as a loving presence, doing your duty to everybody and remaining just under all circumstances. Remain always feeling that God is with you, and be just to everybody under all circumstances. And there we come to this conclusion that the underlying principle is detachment. Without remaining perfectly detached, you cannot be unbiased. You cannot be completely, perfectly neutral under all, circum under all circumstances is the point. It is not that sometime you are just sometime not. No, that is not the religious path. And that is possible only when you are practicing detachment sincerely. So detachment is the underlying common principle that we find in all the major religions of the world. Justice and everything else is an application of that detachment, as there should be many more other applications. So this detachment is a very important factor we find for a spiritual life. The question still remains that is it possible that detachment be accepted as a spiritual practice for all? For all means for everyone, monks as well as householders. For detachment, can we live in this world with detachment successfully? Maybe for the monks it is a way of life. Perhaps it is possible for them to live a life of detachment because they don't have to face the very competitive live a day life. But what about us, the householders? We have to struggle to survive in this world. Perhaps it is possible for the monks and the nuns to live in the safety of their monastery because they don't have to take care of their family and friends. They are only taking the name of the Lord and they are being taken care of by the society. So perhaps the life of detachment is something that is possible for these people. This kind of question is very, uh, very naturally 
should be popping up in your minds, I guess. You must be asking within yourself silently that is it possible for us to live in the midst of our family and friends and then take care of them and still remaining perfectly detached, is it possible, is it practical? The question is actually that what is the meaning of detachment? In fact, there is a lot of misinterpretation in the name of detachment. Detachment can very easily be misinterpreted as equivalent to disinterestedness. One can easily think that practice of detachment makes one not take enough care of their loved ones. This may be a very simply simple uh, uh, understanding about detachment. Or detachment might mean to some minds as inactivity, that detachment might make sense to people as non-involvement with active life. Perhaps detachment means a life of passive spectator and not participating in active life. And that's why to many minds this detachment may be translated into a life that is more suitable to the monks and nuns. This world where we live in has given twofold ideals in front of us. One is called Abhyudaya, another is called Nishriyasa. The simplified meaning of Abhyudaya is the life of successful well-being in this world, the life of achievements. And this nishreyasa means attaining spiritual illumination. These twofold goals are there in front of us. This life of nishreyasa or the goal of nishreyasa, the goal of attaining spiritual illumination, this is the only goal for the monks and nuns that renunciates. But for the householders, they are asking for both the goals together. They are walking on the path. I'm talking about the religious people. They are seeking both the goals simultaneously. Seeking worldly success, they are working very hard. They are taking care of the, their family members. They want to make everyone happy. And to that end, they have to work really hard to earn their living. They want to be successful. They want to be loved by everybody. They want also name and fame and glory in this world. And when they are gone, they want to be remembered after that also. Mm -hmm. And this is something which is included 
in this ideal of Abhyudaya. And there is nothing wrong, nothing uh, irreligious in them to seek to achieve those ideals if that is not the be-all and end-all of your life. If you simultaneously can remember all the time that this is one part and there is another part that the goal, ultimate goal, or the end of the journey of the soul is to achieve the same goal which these monks and nuns are also seeking, living in the monastery and convents. If that is never forgotten in your mind, then there is nothing wrong in seeking the abhyuda as well. In fact, a householder is supposed to seek both abhyuda and nishreyasa. That after I have completed my responsibilities, my part of the duty in this world, then I want to reach back to my God. And that is my goal of life. My goal of life is not just achieving some material wealth and success in this world. If a householder can remind and remember this thing all the time, then there is not, nothing wrong in the life of Abhuda. The householder's life and the monastic life both are actually leading us to the same goal, just the paths are different. The paths are different. This householders also is going to reach the same goal if they are maintaining the right attitude. So now the question is, therefore, that is this ideal of dis uh, detachment, unattachment, is this ideal possible to be practiced in the life of a householder? Because as I explained just now, that a householder needs to have something more than just uh, uh, having uh, God-realization. It has been accepted that a householder should seek for abhyudaya. So is it possible to achieve this goal of abhyudaya even while practicing detachment? This is therefore the question. To answer this question, I will ask another question. I will say that do you think that by practicing attachment you are going to be more successful in this world? This is what let us try to find out. That how the attachment is going to help us at all, if at all. In fact, attachment is not going to make you more successful in this world. What makes us successful in this world to succeed in any of our endeavor is the one-pointed attention or concentration of our mind that has been mentioned by Swami Vivekananda and many other teachers. They have explained to us that to achieve success in this world, what you need to do that pour your entire energy of your mind in one idea, in just focus it and don't let it be dissipated by many different 
attractions of this world. If you can do that, if you succeed in that, then the goal will be within your reach very quickly. By applying your whole soul mind in one object, you can not only achieve all the success of this world, but you can reach up to the doorstep of the self-realization even. This has been explained by many, many teachers of Vedanta. And Swami Vivekananda was one among them in our modern age. This is not the attachment that is going to give us any amount of success or affection in this world. The success and affection in this world will be achieved by our concentration of mind, purity of mind, unbiased love. That is only going to give us these things that we are seeking here. Swami Vivekananda, in one of his talks, he has mentioned that had he learned this trick early in his life, he would not have wasted his time away in studying many subjects and going to the school. He would have just practiced the concentration of mind first, and after he had achieved that skill of concentrating his mind, then all the different subjects of this world, all the different knowledge of this, of this world could have been achieved very quickly and fast. Whatever he would have wanted to know, he would have known immediately, instantaneously. That he has mentioned in some of his talks. So, it is not the attachment that is going to help us in achieving success in this world. To achieve success in any field, we need to focus ourselves to that one particular object. There are three different factors within our mind working all the time. They are called thinking, feeling, and willing. Now, if we can bring all these three faculties of our mind together and can make them work in unison simultaneously, then it will be within a very short time that we shall achieve our goal. Success of, of this world is possible by having all these three different faculties working together. This is the secret. So, again I am asking that is attachment going to help us in achieving success in this world? Not at all. In fact, it is going to create a hindrance. It is not going to help us. How? If we are attached to somebody, or if we are attached to something in this world, then what happens that we have already committed our feeling to that person or that thing or that place. Even before our thinking has started rationally coming to any conclusion that what we should do to achieve that goal. So, attachment already makes a division within our own self. The mind becomes a house divided. As I said, the mind has got these three different parts as if three different faculties that is working in three different ways. So if we have already committed our heart 
our feeling to something or somebody, then no matter what our rational conclusion is through our intellectual uh, decision-making, we are not going to take that decision. Our, our heart is moving towards one direction and intellect is asking us to go to a different direction, etc., etc. That is not going to give us any success. Success in this world will be achieved by the unification of these three faculties of our mind. So more a man is attached to anything or any person, greater is the chance that his rational thinking will remain clouded and therefore he will not be able to take a right decision. This is a greater chance is like that. By attachment, we are not able to take a better decision. Only by the practice of detachment, we, are, we shall be successful in taking a better decision. Without taking a better decision, can you, take, uh, can you have the better action taken and achieve the success in this world? Not at all. So, for right action, you need right decision-making, and the right decision-making will be possible when your emotions are freed from all sorts of attachment. So, the detachment, I'm trying to, therefore, rationally come to this conclusion, that even to achieve any amount of worldly success, we need to practice detachment. If we are successful in that pursuit, then we are successful in greater amount in succeeding, succeeding in this world. Because then nothing will remain hostage within our mind to anybody or anything or any place. That will create the right condition within our own self so that we can direct simultaneously all the three faculties of our mind towards that one goal. That is the recipe for achieving success in life. What is the other thing that we want in this life? I am talking about, the all, uh, about all the uh, people in this world. In short, there are two things that is sought by everyone. One, this, what I said, the success. Success means achieving the object that we desired in this life. And another is happiness. Another is just happiness in general. These two are the desired objects of this life. Let us analyze how to be happier if by practicing detachment we can be living in this world little better. This world, or don't go for the world, this life for everybody is full of uncertainties. It is well known. There are ups and downs, there's happy days, sunny days, and rainy days. There will be 
success and failures, there will be fame and infamy. There will be so many things, one after another will be coming. You cannot stop it. It will happen to everybody at every level. To live in the midst of all them, in the midst of all the people, in the midst of all these ups and downs and these tides of the events of our life, to live a happy life, what you need to do is that you have to remain detached. Because more you be strongly attached to somebody or something or some people or some places that you come across in your journey, in your life, from there you will continuously be receiving blows after blows after blows. That is uh, also unavoidable. More you are attached to this world, more blows you should expect to receive. Of course, you are getting a happiness also from, from the same places, from the same places, from the same people, from the same things of this world that you are strongly attached to. But happiness never comes as just pure happiness as we all have already uh, accepted, that it will be all the time blended, will, if not more, at least equal amount of uh, suffering also, pains. Pleasure and pains, they will be coming together simultaneously or one after another. So more we are attached, more we shall be continuing to receive blows and suffer from there. So naturally, if we want to live in the midst of all these ups and downs of our life and want to remain happy for all the time, then there is no other alternative but to practice detachment. That is the only thing that we should do. If you can live a life in which you are living like a loving presence, that's it. Not attached to anybody, but doing your duty, your part of responsibility to everyone lovingly, and there it ends. Then you will be living successfully as a householder's life ever happened. So this is the secret of happiness. And of course, this is also known as the karma yoga, the practice of karma yoga. But this is not easy. This is not easy at all. Most of the time, we live a life of thorough attachment, considering that to be something else. This attachment is taken for so many things. We call it love, we call it duty, we call it patriotism, we call it so many different names we have given. But this is nothing other than attachment. Think of a parent who have sacrificed so much of their life in raising a child. And the child grows up and later on 
he disappoints his parents in many different ways and therefore becomes a source of continuous pain for the parents. Now you ask those parents that why are you suffering? Why are you suffering? What is the cause of your pain? The parents will be telling, oh, this is because we loved so much our son and he now disappoints us. That's why. It is not love that is the culprit. The culprit is attachment. Had those parents been able to raise their child just because it was their duty, their responsibility, and lovingly, affectionately, they have done their responsibility, and there it ended. And there was no amount of attachment between. Then there would not have been any suffering. Whatever the son would behave afterwards uh, is his, uh, his thing. It is nothing to do with the parents anymore then. Because they have done their part of the job, and they are, they, that should have ended there. So if there is any amount of suffering or any amount of pain, any amount of displeasure, any amount of disappointment, anything coming out from there, then know to be sure that it is not love, it is attachment. It is mentioned in the book of Yoga Vasishta that... The pain of the world touches only the mind that is attached. It is a very important lesson to learn. Because we learn from here that you remove attachment and no amount of the ups and downs of your life, of the sunny and rainy days of your life can disturb your peace of mind. Yoga Vasishta says that only those minds which has got attachment, the pain can only touch those minds and nobody else. The real cause of our sufferings, therefore, are only attachment within our mind that is already existing there. So if we really want to remain unaffected from any amount of misfortunes of this world, then we must Practice detachment with all sincerity. This comes out as a conclusion from this book. What happens when a person becomes attached to this world, to people, to place, to things? Actually, he is limiting his unlimited nature. Each person, as we in Vedanta are very clear about, that each person is nothing other than that infinite soul, the Atman, that infinite soul has been brought down into a very small limitation. There are many, many different limitations, but when we are talking about attachment to a particular person, place, thing, then the personality is unknowingly tying himself or herself to that small limited object. And that limitation is actually causing the pain or suffering. As we find in Chandogya Upanishad, it has been mentioned that Nalpe Sukhamasti Bhumeva Sukham. 
There is no happiness in limitation. Only in the unlimitedness is the happiness. And we are that unlimited being. Our real nature is that infinite Atman. Any kind of bondage creates another extra amount of limitation and suffering thereby. So, the practice of detachment is the practice of breaking those bondages and trying to regain our real nature, the infinite nature of the soul. This attachment is generated from the sense of me and mine. That in all the teachings of Sri Ramakrishna, he's again and again reminding that I and mine, I and mine, that is the culprit. How to get rid of this sense of I and mine, that is our spiritual endeavor. Practice only to think that not me, not me, thou, my Lord, thou. So this me and mine is the source from where attachment is generated. And by practice of detachment, we can successfully remove that attachment. The book of Yoga Vasistha again tells us that whatever we consider as me and mine, to that we get attached to, and from there comes out all sorts of pleasure and pain feelings and sensation. So it is about our first considering something as either me or mine, and then our such a consideration makes us connected or attached to that object, and from that object will come both pleasure and pain. We are highlighting pain or suffering, but it is not just pure, unbiased, undiluted uh, suffering. Pleasure also is coming out of that. But if we want to get rid of all sorts of suffering, then we have to get rid of all sorts of pain, uh, pleasure as well. So what happens that this body is something that begins in our consciousness at, as if not me, then mine at least, that this is my body. Most of us, we unknowingly all the time feeling that this is me, this body is I, what I am is this body. A little more thinking might bring us to the level where we might think that no, this, is, this belongs to me, this is mine. But whatever we think about it, this body is the first point of our consciousness. And therefore we are so strongly attached to this body, each one of us. And we continue to receive so much pain and pleasure because of this existence of this body. And our feeling this to be either myself or belonging to me. And in course of time, we get in touch with so many other things in this world whom we in some way or other connect to this body. And they also belong to me. 
they become mine. And from there also we continue to receive lots of pleasure as well as pain. And this circle enlarges and enlarges and we go on roping in more objects to identify with ourselves. Patanjali, he is another yoga teacher. He gives a, a different definition about this attachment. In the book of Yoga Vasishta, it, it, is, it begins with this concept of me and mind, that whatever we feel as me and mind, to that we get attached to, and from there comes all sorts of pains and as well as pleasures. But Patanjali Rishi, he says that whatever we consider as pleasurable to that, our mind automatically flows to, and that is the attachment. This tendency of the mind to flow towards our objects of pleasurable things. Shukhanta Shai Raga is that particular mantra in Yoga Sutra. That raga or attachment is that which is produced on account of this concept of sukha or the pleasure. There are many objects in this world we have identified ourselves from where we are seeking pleasure, happiness. And because we have, we have come to this kind of understanding that they can provide us this happiness, therefore the mind is flowing as a natural stream. And this particular bend of mind or the activity of the mind is called what is we are calling at attachment. Of course, we, we think that this is going to give me pleasure, but it is not going to happen all the time. But that is the definition of attachment. And these pleasures, because we experience the maximum amount of pleasure through our, this body. The five senses are connected with this body, this gross body is the carrier of the five senses which are not so gross, a little more subtle, but still they are connected with this body and through this body as the instrument we are trying to derive all amount of pleasure and therefore the attachment is strongest to the body. This is what is the conclusion of Maharishi Patanjali. And there are further and further and further enlargement of this circle, of course. This pleasure gives us pleasure memories, and from the pleasurable memories, we try to again and again repeat those pleasures. And therefore, we try to possess those objects of this world and make those objects of this world as mine, like this body is mine, has become me, 
we try to have those objects of this world from where we have once derived any amount of pleasurable feeling or sensation to make our own. And therefore, when we try to possess those objects of this world, what happens that those objects actually possesses us. This happens and we no longer maintain our freedom. We become slave to those objects of this world. This is the, uh, this is the analysis of the yogic teachers. That like we have become, we means the Atman, the pure, ever free, infinite self that has become enslaved in this very small, limited, mortal body because of its possessing this and considering that now I am the master of this body, actually become the slave of this body. Similarly, for rest of this world, material world, that our mind is flowing towards them so very strongly to possess them, thinking that these are the places or the points from where I shall derive pleasure, happiness. Many of them comes from previous past experiences. And when we try to do that, we actually rope our own self with those objects in a very subtle way. And no longer we maintain our freedom and we are actually becoming slaves to those objects. This is the background of attachment and background of, and no life of a slave can be a happy life. You know, a slave's life is always the life of suffering. So we live in this world and all the time with grumbles and all, but we have created this world for ourselves. So this is the this is the conclusion of the yogic teachers about the defining that what is attachment. We have we have in the beginning, we try to understand that is attachment going to give us a happier life in this world, a more successful uh, life, and come to this conclusion that no, rationally it doesn't uh, hold water. If we are practicing detachment, more we are successful in that pursuit, more successful we shall be in the world, achieving the goal, quicker, faster, in the perfect way is possible if our mind is clear and transparent and not clouded by our emotions. And happier we shall live in this midst of ups and downs in this life if we have not bound ourselves with something or somebody. Nothing can then affect our peace of mind. This we have come to the conclusion and this is the meaning of attachment. Now, if this is the problem, uh, or we have come to a kind of diagnosis is now done by these two yogic, uh, yoga teachers, then what is the treatment? Luckily, we have got very, very good uh, treatment for cure to this problem of attachment, and not one but two. 
two treatments have been given. <clears throat> One for those who uh, are believer in the personal God and another for the, them who, who love to think about the in, uh, impersonal consciousness ever present uh, reality. For those who believe in a personal God, for them this is the path of divine love, and for those who believe in the impersonal existence of divinity, this is the path of divine witness or divine discrimination, you may say. In the path of divine discrimination, the aspirant will try to maintain this consciousness of being the witness of this world and not get involved in anything because of accepting this principle of creation that everything is created by these three gunas. The world is nothing other than the play of the three gunas. I began with that verse from Bhagavad Gita. And we come to hear also that because this whole world is actually nothing but the play and interaction of these three gunas, if we are always aware of that truth, of that knowledge within ourselves, then we can be able to maintain a distance from this world. And world means what? World means you're, you are included in this world. So let everything happen as it should happen. You be in the midst of everything and everybody, but not involve yourself in the sense that as if you are also a part of the play. You have to maintain the difference and distinction within yourself as a witness. If you can do that, then you are successful in practicing this divine path of discrimination or the path of divine witness. This is the path that has been prescribed in the, in the Jnana Yoga. And as we know very well that for most of the people, this is not so easy. This is very, very difficult a path for most of the people that we find to practice. So, for those who believe in the impersonal God, who are basically a devotee of God, there is the path of practicing detachment is called the path of divine love. Sri Ramakrishna says that live in this world but don't be of the world. Let the boat be on the water float it, but water should not be inside the boat. Live like a mud fish that always is in the midst of mud, but mud never sticks to its skin ever. So that is what a person who is living in the world 
trying to practice detachment and basically have the nature of a devotee, he has to or she has to practice. To do that, we have to do one very important adjustment within ourselves. The adjustment is shifting the center of our consciousness. Right now, I am at the center of my world. Everyone has created a world around his or her self and has implanted himself or herself. This is the unripe ego or small ego, whatever has been given the different names, as the center of that world. My world is revolving all the time around me. I am the most important factor in this creation. That is my feeling. And because of that, I am actually going on receiving all sorts of blows after blows after blows. We have to make one adjust, adjustment. A devotee's life should be centered around God. That means the center of the life, center of your world is not you, but your God, your beloved. He is the creator. He is the sustainer. You are living because of him and you aspire to return back to him. You are living the life, the way you are living, because of him means for the sake of his pleasure, the God that you have accepted as, the, as your life of your life, because of his pleasure, you are living this life. To propitiate your God, you are doing everything that you are doing. If this can be the feeling continuously in our mind, awakened, never forgotten, then this is the shifting of the center of our consciousness. That I am not at the center, but my God is at the center of my life. So, like a maidservant working in a wealthy man's house, as has been mentioned by Sri Ramakrishna again, we might live in this world, work for everyone, take care of everyone, and have a kind of sense of belongingness also to this world, but never forgetting for a moment that nothing belongs to me, really. Everything belongs to my Lord. And ultimately, after the end of the job, I also have to return back to him. So is it a kind of hypocritic life? Is it a kind of hypocritic life when you read this teaching of Sri Ramakrishna in the Gospel of Ramakrishna? Do you ever think like that? That you have to live in the middle, in the midst of your family members, do everything for them, serve them, love them, tell them I love you, and still, in the core of your heart, you believe that they don't belong to you. <laughs> is it a hypocrisy? No, it is not. It is the fact. It is the truth. If you have accepted God, then you have accepted that the whole creation has come out of him. It belongs to him. It will end up in going back to him. Even you also belong to him. Nothing belongs to you. This is not hypocrisy. If you are a devotee, 
And we have started like this, that those who believe in the personal God and those who are in the nature of a devotee. Then you have accepted it in the very beginning. You have accepted that nothing belongs to you. Nothing belongs to you. Everything of this creation, your family members, your position, and even your own self, whatever you think about yourself, everything belongs to him alone. So to think within your mind all the time, reminding yourself that nothing belongs to you, it is not hypocrisy. This is a fact. By practicing this, it will be possible one day to reach that level of discrimination where you can maintain your poise of mind and never be disturbed by the ups and downs of your life or the events, whatever comes. It is not easy. It is not easy at all. It is a very, very difficult task. And more you achieve the love of God, more the love of God grows within yourself. As the love of God ripens within you, you will feel lighter from within and you will feel living happier a person in this world. So we have come to this conclusion, therefore, three conclusions. Number one, that this ideal of detachment, we posed this question in the beginning, that is this detachment at all should be considered as an ideal for the householders? Or this detachment is something to be practiced by monks and nuns? Then we have come to this conclusion that this ideal of detachment, this is not only an ideal for success, only for the monks, but even for the householders, even for achieving better, higher amount of success in this world, the detachment helps. Detachment is a must. Secondly, that the attachment is an inborn tendency that uh, is generated from our belief, from our acceptance of something we call as me and mine. And that practically makes us slave to this world and robs our freedom. And thirdly, that this detachment is possible by loving God more and more. More we can love God, more we can love this world by virtue of this belief that this world belongs to him or he has become this world. So it is possible to live in this world as a loving presence, love everybody, serve everyone in all possible ways because they belong to your most beloved. And in that way, we can achieve the level of detachment, live happily, and be successful at the same time. Thank you very much. Om Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotiregamaya Mrityorma Amritam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 Om Lead me from unreal to real. Lead me from darkness to light. 
Lead me from death to immortality. Om, peace, peace, peace be unto us all.